Woodley on the beat. Welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Converse podcast. On this episode, we have Mr. Chad Rattry. Now, Mr. Rattry is a producer and presenter um, of the TVJ um, program Gen Z, right? Gen Z is almost quite similar to, to what we're doing here, you know. Um, and we're going to get into that once we get into the interview, but he's also, he also been a recording officer, um, a teacher, an investor in youth, and the CEO of CR Learning Academy. Mr. Ratri, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? Thank you, Vayani, for having me here. And thank you, guys. Big up. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I won't Great. kill you over the Gen Z part. I won't kill you Gen over there. I, I won't kill you over that, but it's Gen Z. But, but you're good. <laughs> yeah, it was. We were wondering. Yeah, I, I, was one, I, was, I was wondering there. But um, all right, no problem. Um, live and you learn. So I'm sorry, guys. Those, I don't know if it's my connection, but you guys are breaking mm-hmm. up a bit. Oh. Are you? Hold on. Um, are you? Is it still breaking up now? Or is I it... hear you. I, I, you're good now. Okay. But I'm oh. saying at some point it was freezing. I don't know. Okay. okay. We're in your clear. Okay. All right. That's... Yeah. So for those for those of us who don't know who Chad Rattery is, why don't you give us a brief introduction into who you are and why you've chosen to invest in me? Well, I mean, you know, one of the, the most difficult questions you can ask somebody is to tell them about themselves. Uh, I, every single time I get the question, it's it's very hard because it's easier to talk about. It's easier to hear from somebody else, from your perspective, who you are. Um, but, you know, Chad Rattery is what you see is what, what you get. I am a very passionate individual in anything that I do. And my greatest aspiration is to inspire people. Um, and that has been through education, through um, you know, t- teaching and tutoring um, at the Cape level and at the CSEC level. And then also, you know, through media and communications, um, as it relates to the program Gen Z, which is definitely similar. I definitely agree with you. You know, we cover youth issues um, that people want to hear about. And sometimes the youth population, you know, we are sidelined. And it is important that we have programs that, you know, inspire our young people and, and you know, edutain. And, you know, a good mixture of education and ent- entertainment. And that's what I'm really all about. Um, but also, I, um, I am several things other than that. Um, you know, I'm very involved at the community level and at the national level um, and represent Jamaica several times and will be representing Jamaica upcoming in November at some international um, youth forums. Okay, great. Excellent. Guys, I hear that. Chad Rattray is a big boss. So, so that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds very good, Mr. Rattray. You know, I was taking a look um, at some of the, the content um, that you have involved yourself in. Um, the leadership figure tends to stand out very prominently in you, right? And I, I've seen from your resume that it is <laughs> quite um, a prominent characteristic quality of you. Now, wh- where do you think either the desire or the need or even the calling to be a leader came from? You know, I good question. And prior to that, I forgot totally in your last question about law. Um, so I'm actually studying law as well. Um, but, you know, to answer <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, let us put that on the side now. But yeah, um, you know, very good question. Where did the inspiration come from? At a very young age, I had the process of self-identity, like what everybody else goes through. What is our purpose? Um, what is my purpose? And I came to the realization that my purpose from a very early age is to inspire people. And 
you know, several persons around me would have encouraged me and said, hey, Chad, um, do this, be this representative or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I was always being brought to the forefront as a leadership. And so I wouldn't say I was running no leadership at all. I think it was all the way around um, where a person saw something in me um, to represent them and their interests. And leadership is something that I take very seriously because people put their confidence and trust in me in whatever it is that I'm leading. And I have to, of course, ensure that I deliver whatever it is that I do. But most importantly, why I chose to do lead, well, why leadership and I tend to, you know, get along so well is because I have a genuine passion and interest. And it's very hard to find in leaders, um, you know, persons who genuinely want to help people. Um, you know, we talk about persons who seek um, the hype more than the substance. Definitely. And I try very hard to ensure that where, wherever I am concerned, where I'm concerned, that there is a distinction. Um, you're supposed to see somebody who is truly passionate about people. Right, right. And as a CEO of a, of a learning academy, you're a stakeholder in education, right? No, that's where leadership and your two loves, leadership and education kind of combine. And, you know, it, it, the education is seen as or referred to as an investment in human capital, right? So generally mm -hmm. nowadays, those that invest more in further education tend to earn more. But that dynamic is being challenged today because of the internet and the accessibility of advanced educational material online. You know, people can go online and pick up a, a Harvard, a Harvard um, case study. You know, you, you can Just do like courses that. on Sarah, you can do courses on Udemy, you can get these lecture type um, materials all over, right? And not mm -hmm. only that, but the entrepreneurial boom as well is really affecting how we as students kind of view the feasibility of furthering, you know, our education. Some of us see it as a cost, right? And not necessarily investment. So what do you think about the impact of the accessibility of this educational material and the uprising of this new entrepreneurial boom on the, the conventional education system. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, the world has changed since, you know, 30 years, if we're supposed to go back in time 30 years ago to know, uh, the world has changed and the world will continue to change. It is evolving. Uh, we're seeing the inclusion of artificial intelligence. We're seeing the involvement of technology. I mean, now we're hearing about crypto uh, currency. I mean, 30 years ago, where were these conversations? So obviously the world is changing. Yeah. And, you know, we have to, I love this word. We have to rethink. Uh, we have to rethink education. We have to rethink how we view and what our perspectives are as it is. So, you know, where are we in this world? You know, persons believe, and there are some persons with the misconception that if you have a degree, that means that you are earning $200,000 or <laughs> at least $200,000 a month. And I am telling you that there are some persons yeah, yeah. with degrees, law degrees, that are earning $80,000, um, if so much, per month. Um, these are just persons who graduated. So... And, and then you have persons who have never been to a university who are earning, you know, some big figures, some six-digit figures oh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. every month. Or ideas are probably seven, who knows? So, you know, it, it, is, it is a falsehood to say um, that if you don't go to university, then you can't, you know, establish your empire and you can't um, have a, a good source of income. Um, so that, let's just put that at one side. Now, what we have to talk about is the fact that I probably should have started off by saying that education is an investment rather than an expense, and that's how it should be viewed. Um, I tell people that, hey, if you can do it, go out and get it done. Um, you know, it is very important. University is trust. I can tell you that 
I mean, I don't know if you've seen the bags under my eyes, but yeah. it is choice. <laughs> but um, it is a worthy yeah. investment. It is a worthy yeah. investment. Um, but to to bring it into the perspective of what I want us to get from what I'm saying is that we have to treat with the fact that society is evolving. The jobs that were there yesterday in terms of um, 30 years ago aren't the jobs that are going to be you know, in demand right now. Um, and I can talk about especially the law, especially accounting and some other different fields. So we have to now look on transforming education. Education should not just be about um, the law and, and, and the medicine. And yes, these are important. But mm-hmm. education has to include what is going to be a part of the future. And the future is AI. The future is technology. And so we have to have persons that are in STEM that are going to ensure that we can advance mathematically, scientifically, because that's what is going to always... Those eras will always be consistent. You can't change those. We'll always need science. Yeah. Here, here's my, here's my um, thinking from a, a student's point of view. And from conversations I've even had with with my fellow classmates, um, friends, right, who are under a bit of financial pressure. You know, the COVID-19 pandemic never made it any easier, right? Um, the, general, the general comment around in education being an investment um, and re- really probably it's because of the situation why they've said this, but it, it was education can't eat. <laughs> you understand? So in, in in the moment when COVID nineteen had occurred, when you're paying tuition, um, and the return would be probably a good grade. You know, the good grade can't eat. So at that point in time, they were considering either working or educating themselves um, by themselves. Right. So not necessarily taking the traditional route. And the stakeholders of education in Jamaica, um, I don't know, and I will comment on how far along it has come, meaning the, the system now, but I, I think right now it's a bit antiquated, right? Um, technology is moving quickly, as you say. The future is not waiting for Jamaica, right? So with that in mind, no, and the, the pace of innovation in mind as well. Like, what, what can Jamaica do, right, with the private or public sector? What can Jamaica do yeah. to either keep, keep up with that pace or really integrate themselves into that technological space? as stakeholders in education. Yeah. I have you mentioned that point because I probably should have stated this earlier that I don't believe that, you know, who we see at university, who we see beside us in the classrooms are the only persons that wanted, you know, higher learning or higher education um, as it relates to certification. I mean, there are several Jamaicans who have been denied the opportunity to go to university on the, the you know, on the basis that they can't afford it. Um, university is expensive. I mean, when you have a law tuition, for, exa- uh, for example, that is $1.5 million, that's how a car, I can buy, can I buy a Mark X? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably I'm stretching it there, but you know, it can, you know, um, it, it, is, it is expensive. So, I mean, it, it, it shows the great disparity um, and an apartheid type of system where it's really going to be those who can afford it um, that can go to university. And if you can't, if you decide that you are going to push through the struggle, which many Jamaicans have done, it's going to be really you fighting every single day, fighting every single month to try and get you know your fees paid, and some persons having to take student loan, uh, which already has a stigma attached to it. Um, so I don't believe that. You know, and the statistics does show that Jamaica, you know, isn't the 
highest um, as it relates to among the statistics when it comes to persons who have higher level certification. Um, but what we have to talk about is what are the solutions and what innovations um, that can be implemented to address this issue. Um, you mentioned public sector and private sector beautifully. As a matter of fact, those are the two areas that are responsible, in my opinion, that need to get involved and ensure that you know our students can get educated. Um, the public sector, which is government, has a responsibility to ensure that the policy framework is in place um, to ensure that students can afford um, university fees. Um, I think across the world, we realize and recognize that there is, you know, let me put it this way. I don't believe in free education. Yeah. And I know that might be controversial. Yeah. Uh, because there are persons who say that education should be free. Um, but education can never be free because it's not a case where education is free, you know. It's yeah. about who is going to, you know, face the burden to pay the fees. So is it going to be government? Right. Is it going to be... Yes. Um, parents and students so the, the, that distinction this whole myth and the same thing about free healthcare not not also <laughs> somebody has to foot the bill not true yeah. yeah yes so um what i believe is what we need um vayani is mm -hmm. a system that recognizes all stakeholders having an input and interest in tertiary education. We need parents and students to play a part in uh, giving a percentage. And I strongly believe that we need to have an a education fund yes. that, that children, I mean, from the very stage of early childhood, parents mm -hmm. should be investing in a fund that will send their 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 child to university so in the future. All, so you want to, you'd want to make that fund mandatory for all parents. Is that what you're saying? Or is it a case where they have a choice? Because education education should be mandatory, I think. <laughs> right? If you want um, if you want upstanding citizens if you want intellectual people that can actually contribute to the economy then education is definitely a must right now it, the transition i mean you stated something very important people want free education people want free health care now people want freeness <laughs> freeness in general now you being a ceo of an educational based company right that's CR Learning Academy, right? It, it, it must be hard for you to navigate through these two um, paradigms. So education must be free. Oh, no, you must pay, right? And the basis of building and starting a company is for profit, no matter what anybody wants to say, right? We, we can get philosophical about it, and that will take the whole, that, that's a whole new spin. It's for profit, right? As a CEO of a company that is vested in the educational space with these two paradigms, you know, free pay, free pay. How do you navigate through this industry, right, and focus on the mission at hand? Yeah, I'm gonna answer that, but you had you had cut me a bit because I wanted to complete, and I've learned in the age of social media, yes. whenever persons take a bit on peace. Um, yeah. So when I just bash free education, I just want to just make sure I, I conclude, right? So what I was saying is that uh, parents and students should participate and should definitely um, play a part. I think it should be mandatory an education fund that parents should, you know, invest in. Also, I believe the private sector has a role to play in ensuring that more scholarships are available to students um, from especially areas that are disadvantaged. Uh, we talk about the inner city communities. We need more uh, directed scholarships exist, but I don't believe that the scholarships are being directed to where they are most needed. Mm -hmm. I, too many times I see persons who don't need the scholarships, who have parents who are middle-class parents who can afford, not saying that you never work hard, 
but there are some persons I believe that are missing out on these opportunities in the critical areas that we need. And you see the thing about it, Vajarani, if we can get a degree in a in each household, you know how powerful that will be? You know how many families I've watched where um, just one child has gotten um, uh, a scholarship to, to pursue university and I've gotten a degree and that person has gotten a high paid job and can come back and bring the entire family and, and just move it out of poverty. Right. Education is very serious. And and lastly, and, and the government has the ultimate responsibility to ensure that all stakeholders are brought together to ensure that the policy comes into fruition. All right, so answering your question now. So mm -hmm. piggybacking on what I called, what I was talking about, freeness, you realize right. that, you know, when you run a business, everybody thinks that the business should be run. We're all... All right, Chad, me know you, you know, you can't give me some free lessons. Um, and, and, so I've heard it all. I've heard it yeah. all. And, but how, how, do I, how do I choose profits over the fact that somebody genuinely wants uh, to get some extra classes? How do you choose that? Right. Here's my answer to this. I am running a social enterprise. So it is not only solely about profits. What my aim is, as it is to CR Learning Academy, is to educate persons um, on the different CSEC and CAPE uh, materials and so on. But also in the future, when we have obviously, you know, when business continues to boom and we have enough profit and enough ching ching in the you know in the piggy bank what mm -hmm. i would love to do is to start an education scholarship program um that the company can use so some of the profits that we we gain can go to a, a specific social program that will meet the needs of certain communities but definitely we can't operate where everybody is free because that business is not sustainable. I mean, I have to pay tutors. I have to pay government taxes and so on. So, well, you know, that, and, and, and that's the thing about it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, man, that's a charity. That's what that business. <laughs> exactly. It's a charity. And, you know, I have been doing charity for five years. So now is the time where I'm supposed to be getting profits. So that I, and the thing about it, you know, is that I want to expand and go into other different types of enterprises. So I, I, I am sorry. I understand the, the thrust and the, the mission at hand, but people have to understand that education can never be free. Parents must understand, just like how oh, we can go party and we can go buy here and, and dress and frack and we can wear the best clocks and so on. Take that same energy I'm putting in your education, huh? I'm yes, sorry. I agree. I yeah. A hundred percent. No, no, don't, don't apologize. Don't apologize. Oh. <laughs> I, don't apologize. Come on, I'm sure you agree with that. Yeah, because we can see where um, before the place was open up, you know, in the in lockdown period, before the place was open up, everybody's saying, oh, do I have any money to do this or that? But as soon as COVID weekend come about, then find it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let me tell you, Jamaican parents will find the money oh, one year. Of course. Oh, of course. And also to interject, guys, um, re the education situation, we have an important resource right. that is um, accessible to most called the internet because the main the main purpose why the internet was actually created was to connect us with information. Um, it's gotten a lot to tainted because we are humans and humans should always go for, you know, what I want. What people want to, is maybe to be seen or to be, to be noticed and to, to elevate their status in the eyes of the public. The real purpose of the internet was to connect you with information. There's so many other things with the internet that you can, you can look up. Maybe, in the, as you said, information, it, it may not have been, it's not necessarily free, but it's out there. It's just if you really want to go and find it for yourself. But here's a kicker. But here's a kicker, Kamari. And as a student, and I'm sure you can attest to this as well, all of us can attest to this. All of us were our, our students currently. Um, the, 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 the amount of distractions that are also on the internet, mm. it, it is, it's mind-blowing. Right, and to keep your focus in an environment with that many distractions, 
actions takes a bit of willpower. Trust me. And um, so you, you have these, you have these social media platforms, you have these social networks that um, kind of take a lot of our time. And if it's not managed, it will take our whole life. Right. So, so to, to be able to manage that, um, of course, we'll require, even especially when you're younger, we'll require some, some amount of parental intervention, right? But for right now, you know, our age, we have to focus on what is most important. And it, this leads into my next question. Recently, Mark Zuckerberg changed the name of Facebook to Meta, right? So what he wants to do is to transport the world of Facebook into an into a virtual reality or into a, a augmented kind of space, right? Where you can do everything in reality in that virtual environment, right? It's a very scary prospect, but I'm also very curious because I'd like to see it. Now, social media is already stealing loads of time from us as students, loads of time. We spend five hours, six hours, seven hours, eight hours a day. Not to mention how you feel after, after you finish scrolling. Exactly. Right? So, you know, how, how does education even keep up with that? Because let's say in Jamaica, how does the educational sector, the conventional traditional educational sector, keep up with something that takes your time Almost, let's say, let's say I'm a student, right? I'm a student, I spend eight hours a day on the phone, right? I spend eight hours sleeping, right? Nowadays, we don't go to school. So we, we watch recorded classes. We don't even go to class anymore on time, right? If, if you sleep? want the recordings. Um, but, yeah, if, well, yeah. you, <laughs> if you want. We, we, we don't and, and that is it and that's what I'm saying there's so much time to do other things um, so many things that education is fighting with that it, it makes it very hard it makes it very hard to blossom right so how do we even um, as students um, and as a stakeholder in education how do we even combat that how, how, how do we how do we grasp education as something that is necessary even though we know it is subconsciously we don't really yeah let me say first of all that access to information is at an all-time high than any other century this is the period of information um the age of information as we call it um and you know i like the idea uh, that you mentioned a while ago as it relates to virtual reality i mean I won't bash it yet. I, I, I'm interested. I'm intrigued to see how that will actually go. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, like you have some ideas that you, that you hear and you, you say, all right, that's all crazy. And you have some people that will just yeah. bash it right off the bat. No, I'm the type of person right. who wants to see how it's implemented. Then I'll decide, yeah. Um, but right. to, to just answer your question as a little, how does education keep up? We're going to always need education, you know. Education is, uh, is going to be what takes us through, for example, a pandemic. Education and educated people. The minute we drop the ball as well as education is the minute we turn backwards. Um, and that's not what we should be doing. We should be going forward. How are we utilizing the technology, the ICT infrastructure that we have? or should have, to ensure that more persons are not only connected to the internet, but how we utilize the internet. Um, and the fact of the matter is, in order for education to remain relevant, we have to, and, and that's why I talk about transformation education, we have to put the education where the people are. And where are the people? The people are on social media. Um, and Trust me, you guys, I, I almost said you guys would be surprised. You wouldn't be surprised. The amount of young people that are literally fixated on their devices every single day and with us abroad, with us, with us on social media. <laughs> and the truth and the reality about social media, that the problem that I have with it 
is that it paints a perfect world of people who only post the best versions of themselves. And then you have the majority that are there struggling with their personal identities because you don't even know yourself. You're there, you're, you're, you're seeing some people's pretty fancy lives and you don't see the bad parts, but you see the, all the good and you think that's what you want. So definitely social media has affected our self-consciousness, uh, you know, as a people and who we are. It has made us lose our culture a bit or we are losing on our way to losing our culture that makes us Caribbean people or that makes us Jamaican. So we have to be very mindful of that. But to, to summarize everything, education has to keep up at the pace at which technology does. And we have to be serious about how we implement um, our ICT infrastructure, ensuring that, you know, more people have access to the, the, the internet and information, but also ensuring that we train people on how to utilize um, because there's so much information. What do we, you I know, agree. what is credible from what is not? And stuff like that. Yeah. 100%. I mean, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you sit, I mean, Zoom Zoom class is not innovation in education. Like, honestly, it, some people think that, okay, computers are now involved in education. So, you know, it's a massive improvement to where you are. It's To me, it's the same thing as a whiteboard. And if you put a, if you put a smartphone class in front of somebody, my age, our age, um, in the millennial Gen Z sector, then everybody's going to choose a smartphone, always. And, you know, that kind of leads me into my, my, my final question. Is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, so my last question, no. Yeah. <laughs> my last question, no. It's, it's, just, it's just respect, you know? Just respect. Um, my last question, no, um, Chad. Um, we spoke about the the attention that the social platforms, that the smartphone, mobile devices are grabbing from us, right? Um, that will also affect the the ability of the student, right? Um, and that is sometimes proportional to the standard of education that exists. So now my question is, does the quality of our teachers have more to do with the standard of education than the ability of our students? It's a, it's a, very, it's, it's a, very, it's a very pressing question on my mind. Um, I'm hoping that as a stakeholder in education, um, as a CEO, that you know you'll be able to answer this because it bothers me as a student as well. Um, I'd like to one day invest in um, education. Um, I have a mentor that doesn't know me by the name of Chamath Paliapatiya that I oh. would like to. I'd like to emulate, and he is very big on education and that passion has transferred to me but i would like to know this particular question to know where as a potential investor i should be focusing so yeah let me ask it let me answer that by first asking a question mm -hmm. um vayani and kamari had have you guys in your history of education, I mean, from primary school to, to, to secondary to now university. Have you ever mm -hmm. came across any teacher or lecturer who would say those can't teach? Let me ask that. Oh, oh gosh, man. <laughs> okay. um, oh, gosh. So, I mean, you know, not no, but let me be very serious. And I, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be yeah. a little bit more... <laughs> Yeah, it's good. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna speak today. Now, there are some teachers, in my opinion, who don't believe, sorry, who don't belong in the classroom, and I'll say that as clear as day. And I'll also go further to say that it's very hard to find very good teachers, um, teachers that are passionate um, about um, students learning. Is that any and anybody can be a teacher? I tell people that all the time. 
um, anybody can get up and, of course, read information back to me, but not everybody can do it, can teach and, and ensure that I actually understand the information. So I think as it relates to the standard of teaching in Jamaica, I think it definitely can improve. And I know I'm going to come under some um, criticism from, I guess, yeah. teacher. Um, but that's fine. I, I genuinely believe, I'm not going to generalize and say all teachers are, you know, ineffective. That's definitely what I'm, not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there are excellent, excellent teachers in our classroom. Um, I went to Kingston mm -hmm. College um, and I received some really good teaching there. Um, but there are some teachers on the other hand that, no, no, imagine you have a, you come in front of a teacher and the teacher mm -hmm. is there reading out of a textbook i mean i can read um a teacher comes and every single class all they can, they can do is what yeah, yeah. right um notes out of the textbook i mean um uh, come on we have to be serious here and i know when i say this a lot of persons are going to be listening mm -hmm. to the podcast and they're going to be like yeah that's me because i've gone through that or i'm going through that so i think right. we have to ensure that the quality of teaching is 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 definitely looked at because it doesn't make sense we have you know there's something that we have fought for in the caribbean called access to to, to education um where mm -hmm. you know a lot of persons weren't receiving access to to institutions and it became, mm -hmm. what had to happen was a series of social policy changes that would have opened up the secondary school system. I, I mean, at a particular point in time, black, young black boys and girls weren't allowed to attend certain institutions, if any. So we have gone mm -hmm. through uh, an, an evolution as it relates to education mm -hmm. access. But now the bigger focus is now placed on um, Vayani. Access to what? Access to what? That's what we have to now focus on. What is the quality right. of education that our students mm -hmm. are receiving? And also, I mean, right. it's far greater. I mean, we don't have the time to sit down and go through right now the different, because it's not just teaching. Several other factors that play a part into it. The resources. A lot of our schools mm -hmm. are underfunded. The, the money that is provided for by the Ministry of Education is insufficient to some schools. Remember, some schools are traditional, quote-unquote, traditional high schools that have um, alumni associations that can rely on them for additional funding and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We don't have an education system that is equitable as it relates to resource distribution. And that means that, one, we don't have the facility. Some some schools don't does not have the conducive facility or environment to have students learning. Um, and that affects, of mm -hmm. course, uh, uh, you know, a myriad of other issues. Yeah, and... and I think this is this is a this is an issue in which the private sector and the public sector have to sit down at the table and get more involved. The public sector is fully involved, of course, but the yeah. private sector as well should should definitely sit at a table and say, "Listen, um, this is human capital that we're investing in. We're investing in the longevity of the land we love. Right? This is no longer." about how profitable this move is or, um, you, you know, can we employ this person after they've been educated? It, it, it has to be beyond that, right? Um, you know, GNP numbers look good, right? GDP numbers look good, but, you know, the, the, the human capital index like that that is most there you are development it, index yes right that is most important you know and leading into the future we as the future um you know we have to then take this problem and we have to come up with solutions no longer is there room for complaints right um no longer is there room for who's right or who's wrong we just have to get it done, right? And in the biggest wealth transfer 
that is occurring between baby boomers and millennials, we have to then make the decision to actually come up with the solutions to the problems that were lagging in the generations prior. So, you know, Mr. Raptree, I, I really appreciate um, your opinions. I really appreciate the time that you've spent um, educating us, right, on education. <laughs> so, you know, as, <laughs> as, as a CEO, um, you know, First of all, CR Academy. What what is the company? What does the company do? What what services do you offer? Oh, it's an online tutoring It's an online tutoring service. Yes. Okay. For, and for how, and kids. how can you get um, in contact? And high school students. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how can we get in contact? Is there an Instagram page? Is there a number that we can call just in case students yes. are listening to this? Yeah, man. Um, so, you know, if you want to get some extra lessons, they are affordable, $5,000 per month per subject, as cheap and as affordable as you get, but also you're getting some quality um, tutoring. And I personally tutor. So um, the, the standard at which tutors tutor is definitely going to be based on, you know, because I put a lot of energy um, into to what I tutor, which is Caribbean Studies. Um, but they can reach out to us on Instagram, which is CR Learning Academy JA, or you can reach out, um, just shoot me a message on WhatsApp, 876-790-2494. Right. Excellent. And now for the final piece of that question, um, I was going to ask, you know, as as a CEO, um, you know, how do you, and I always ask this question, how do you manage the expectations of your staff? Um, how do you guide those, um, let's say, new employees into knowing what to expect and then performing on that base? Because you you're tutoring students. You're tutoring, as I said before, the future, right? The expectation has to be high. The quality in which you deliver has to be high, right? So how do you manage that expectation there? I mean, in this sector, this is a good question. In this sector, you know, there's little to no room of error that can be made. I mean, it's very detrimental um, to a student, if you know there is any error made so you know the the standard is very high and i hold myself as a tutor um to that standard very high and everybody else who is a tutor um the fact and the reality is i have seen the inadequacies of our education system and i believe a lot of people need help a lot of people need additional assistance but for those who have been able to afford it and have uh, registered with the CRL Academy, you have come to us because you want uh, 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 some additional service that obviously you can't access in the public education um, system. So we have to give you value-added services and we have to hold ourselves to an account. Now, what I ensure to do is ensure that the, the tutors that are tutoring that are in place are trained, uh, even though they are qualified and so on, but to ensure that they go they undergo different training exercises because it's not just about academics. And I'm sorry I didn't mention this sooner. It's not just about academics, it's about the holistic development of students. And that's what I've always been interested in. How can I uh, how can I show students that hey it's not just Caribbean studies. It's not just the, 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 it's not just society requiring you to do this subject, a mandatory course in high school. But it applies to so many different sectors. Caribbean studies talks about the, the, the economy of the Caribbean. It talks about the social issues um, affecting the Caribbean and what are the solutions that we can bring uh, in focus to ensure that, you know, we mitigate these issues. Um, so, you know, as as well as training, um, also there are different policies in place to ensure that tutors have 
um, you know, lesson plans in place that, you know, adhere to, you know, whatever policy that we have put in place, but also to ensure that we have uh, evaluations done so that we know exactly how tutors are performing. Um, and I, since this is the last question, I'll just use this to see my final thoughts overall. I definitely believe that there is a place for business and education. Education cannot be free. Somebody has to bore the cost. Um, but I believe that that can be an, a more effective plan. And this applies to healthcare as well, where many Jamaicans can't even afford that. The plan that has to be put in in place is how can we have a shared responsibility plan that involves the public sector, the private sector, and the individual stakeholders that will benefit. And once we're able to come together to do that, then, I mean, it will be better. And the last thing I will say, there can be no modern society that has a poor education system. Yeah. I mean, the results of CSEC came out with 41% of students passing CSEC mathematics in the entire Caribbean. So you're telling me almost half of the students across the Caribbean failed mathematics, and we don't see that we have a serious problem with education in the Caribbean? We are losing this battle. And yeah. I mean, we have to ensure that we don't lose this battle because we're going to fail our generation, almost the next generation. We are the next generation. And we have to ensure, right, um, Vayani and, and Kamari, that we put, that we do, let's give the next generation a better planet to work with um, than mm -hmm. what we had to work with before. And that cannot be done without an educated society. No economy can, can be as booming as, you know, you mentioned GNP and GDP. Those can't be sustained without um, the effective social um, social institutions being, you know, effective in their in their in their um, functions and responsibilities. You have to ensure that everything everything in society depends on each other. Mm, definitely, definitely. Well said, Mister Mister Ratchery. <laughs> Well said, very well said, John. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's not follow Mr. Ratchet, but it's fine. <laughs> no, no, I'll say it all. Let's not follow Mr. Ratchet, but it's fine. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, you, you know, this, the, the, the age group that usually listens to this podcast, 24. Um, so, this is directly, this podcast is directly addressing. Um, that cohort because they'd either be in college, um, probably just starting tertiary um, level education or even leaving or just leaving, right? Um, and we try to, to, to diversify um, the industries and the experts and, and the influencers in which we bring onto the show to, to educate to edu, what, I think you said edutain, right? Like, edutain. I'm gonna steal. You ever steal it? You ever use it? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, having somebody um, of your caliber um, in education space um, on the podcast is definitely a good look. So I must thank you on behalf of Hustlers JA and um, the wider populace um, for contributing to the growth of our country, of our island, the land we love, and two, for taking your time um, and educating us ourselves. So without further ado, Mr. Ratchi, um, thank you very much um, and enjoy the rest of your day. I can say that yeah, one last word is to say that the onus is no one us. The, the what would you say, educators are persons who are to be educated, no, students, sorry, <laughs> yeah. It will also be now on us, the students, to seek out the knowledge. And, you know, you may not know exactly what you want, but you can play around with subjects or just, just to try and put yourself out there and see what it is that you actually do like. Because the platforms are here. Um, CR Learning is here. 
and you can reach out. <laughs> you can reach out to them and they will help you. Um, you try a subject where they maybe don't like it, maybe it's not for you, but you need to figure out the fit for you and what it is that you'd want to do and to be able to contribute towards society in the future. Definitely, definitely. And we, we will be leaving the details for registration um, for CR Learning Academy in the Other links in the description. Shall we be getting uh, that? slide in this one minute here thank you guys so much sure. for having me and i am so impressed by you know the moves that you guys are making uh, it's a mad piece of podcast man. and i'm mad in a good way um it's a very good podcast um and i would dare say uh, as i am also the producer of television jamaica's jensen i would love to have you guys on on one of the programs that i produce um in sure. season yes, it is, no. so <laughs> Yeah, so you see, we, we're helping out each other here yeah, to get the message that's out. And that's what we need. That's, that's what we need. Do. We need yeah. more of the message to come across and to go across Jamaica to have young people understand that their circumstances does not have to always be, you know, whatever it is their realities are. You can change that. Um, and we need more persons that are going to stand up and go out and, and inspire people. And th- these are the ways in which people are being inspired every single day. So continue, guys. And I will say this. The last thing I want to say is, is that if we have more people like you guys some people give up on Jamaica already, but if we have more people like you guys and us that are passionate and genuinely interested in inspiring people and motivating people to be the best versions of themselves, then Jamaica overall benefits and will be better. So thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, man. It done this, sir. It done. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> thanks, right. thanks, Chad. Bless up, bless up. Right. Uh, you remember this? All right,